Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Will the heightened volatility across asset classes that we saw last year also be a feature of what we see this year? And could that mean there are clear opportunities for active management strategies when it comes to your money? Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Welcome to Money and Me. Four of the largest banks in the U.S. reported Q4 2022 earnings January 13th, so just a couple of days back. What do they indicate of confidence in the U.S. economy? Are the banks displaying positivity when it comes to moving ahead? We'll also talk today about the fact that universities in the States, we're talking about chat GPT, and I I read with interest that universities over in the US are actually looking at oral defenses and even starting examinations in person, in rooms, you know, all in the worry that open AI can lead to undetectable plagiarism. So universities, you know, are are rushing to see how they need to change with uh, chat GPT upon us. Meanwhile, Microsoft is reportedly mulling a $10 million bet on ChatGPT, presumably to boost its uh, web search capabilities that are now dominated, that whole area, by Google, right? We'll also ask today, could we see a GameStop moment for Alibaba? All that coming your way with Swapnil Mishra, founder, Wealth Zen, adjunct mentor at the Singapore Management University. And we'll talk about his second book targeted at a youthful audience in a while as well. So lots to congratulate you for, Swapnil. First up, Happy New Year. This is the first time we're talking in 2023. Absolutely. Thank you so much and Happy New Year to you too. Great to speak with you, Swapnil. So tell us, you know, when you look at stock markets this year, do you think that the opportunities are different this year compared to 2022? And our question for you is, are you risk-on or risk-off this year? The, I guess the risk-on is a, is, a, is a straight answer. I'm definitely in a risk-on. In terms of the comparison, I think the, the situation is quite significantly different from where it was uh, last year, you know, back in 2022. On all counts, whether it is inflation, whether it's interest rate, uh, some good things and some bad things, right? So, you know, I was paying less than half a percent on my mortgage and now I'm paying 4% and plus on my mortgage. So, some not so good things. But I would say from mm. the perspective of uh, stock markets and and both, uh, both fixed income and stock markets, I mean, in the sense equity and fixed income, we have seen a rough 2022. And starting on the back of a rough year, our expectations are generally low, and which is why I would say return expectations this year are uh, should be higher. Investors should expect higher returns because in a fixed deposit itself, you're getting 4% today. So any bond or fixed income should give you at least you know, target 6-7% and for equities, definitely targeting lower uh, double digit. Very interesting, Swapnil. I'm surprised you didn't refinance so you could avoid that 4%. That you're paying on your mortgage? Uh, I, I mean, the honest answer is I did exchange an email and in, in July, August last year and I dropped the ball. I missed it. And uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? It really is. 
All right, let's take a closer look at U.S. bank earnings over in the U.S. As expected, you know, a lot of the themes that defined last year, as you mentioned, they also prevailed in the final quarter of last year. Um, so some of the banks did surprise Wall Street and beat analysts' expectations. So whether it's J.P. Morgan or Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, what do you think the earnings show about how banks are doing in the current economic environment and whether they're more confident about moving forward? I think the, the results are mixed. And a couple of things that I would, I would say are interesting is the provisioning that is being done uh, in anticipation of any challenges that are seen. In, in the in the next coming few months, so loan loss provisions is something which is is interesting. Yeah, investment banking earnings has been poor, which was kind of anticipated. And uh, I would say the third thing is the impact of net uh, you know interest income, and that's something which is going to be a a, a big uncertainty because that is in a way linked more closely to the Fed action. So uh, the outlook will also remain cautious, which also has one good uh, you know linkage if if earnings expectation is the consensus earning expectation is low then a poor performance doesn't look so bad because the expectations were low to begin with and i think that itself might be a a savior this year because expectations of earnings are are toned down and subdued right at the start of the year all right. Now let's turn to the chatty topic of today, and that is ChatGPT. So Microsoft planning to invest $10 billion in OpenAI ChatGPT. I think it was looking at $1 billion. What do you think it's hoping to get at $10 billion that it couldn't get with $1 billion? <laughs> You know, the right person to ask this question is ChatGPT itself. <laughs> <laughs> that is Which true. Did, by the way. <laughs> Oh, you did! (laughs) What did it say? Why is Microsoft making this bet in this in ChatGPT? And they've said they're investing in the technology. And the last line it says Microsoft likely sees this technology as a valuable asset for their own AI and NLP (laughs) projects, and will be interested in integrating it into their products and services. I'm reading from that from the answer. Oh my God, I'm, I'm astonished at how spot on it is. I'd say it has an IQ of about like a 12-year-old, it sounds like. It's, it's actually being used by, I mean, I, I discovered that my son uses it, he used it for his science project. And <laughs> students know that it's, it's a short window because uh, the schools are evaluating tools which can do a screening if this answer has come from uh, chat GPT. I mean, that's, I had no idea the students are already using this. Uh, open up. I had no idea that. Why am I not using it? It would make my daily life and workloads so much better. All right, chat GPT. But, it's but in terms Microsoft, of Microsoft's say, bet yeah, on it, yeah. I think Microsoft's bet is good for Microsoft because it will allow, as you said, you know, earlier that Google has kind of, you know, controlled the entire space for search. I think if they are able to commercialize it really well, and they're already experimenting, right? We can see in, I don't know if you've seen Canva. So Canva uses this feature yeah. called Magic Write, and, um, which is backed by the same technology. And uh, once they start oh. you know, commercializing this, I think this can be, I think this is, this is, um, this is a very positive uh, for uh, both Microsoft and uh, generally this technology. Yeah, it's going to revolutionize search. And for that $10 billion bet, Microsoft is reportedly going to get 70%, 75% share 
of the OpenAI's profits until it makes its money back on its investment, after which the company is going to assume a 49% stake in OpenAI. So the world's just a buzz with Chatter uh, about ChatGPT. In terms of what this is going to be able to bring to Microsoft, I mean, do you really think that this is going to allow it to rival Google? I think so. I think this is the path that they have chosen of uh, of doubling down on this, and I, I think this is uh, this is definitely going to uh, equip them both in terms of the the uh, you know Amazon Amazon Web Services and Google mm. in terms of their search engine. I think this is it has the ability to become. A, I mean, imagine all chatbots today are mm-hmm. struggling to give uh, sensible answers, and yes. imagine this is plugged in. You know, like you have all our government agencies, they use Jamie, Ask Jamie. That's the, you know, that's what they use as mm, a chatbot. Yes. Why can't it be replaced? And then suddenly this can be a, a huge uh, a revenue generator for Microsoft. So, and, and I think Absolutely. that is a plan. They would commercialize it. Yeah, the idea, I understand Microsoft wants to put ChatGPT AI into all its products. <clears throat> And in the meantime, Swapnil, you join 1 million users. Apparently, uh, 1 million people have tried ChatGPT, and that is causing it to really burn through cash because of the pressure on its servers, you know, from its virality. I'm going to jump on that 1 million (laughs) user train. I'm a bit late to the party, but I do want to experience it myself as well. Write an essay in the style of Michelle Martin. That's what I shall ask it. (laughs) In the meantime, have have you tried it to ask it? To write it, your it books, it can write a song. It can write a song. So it and it can write a oh, uh, paragraph. It can write a song. You can just say that, you know, Michelle is an awesome person. Write a song describing that, and it will actually, it you know, it will give you that song. <laughs> My days will never be the same. <laughs> All right, let's turn now to Ryan Cohen and Alibaba. The activist investor has built a stake in Alibaba worth hundreds of millions, and he is apparently pushing. Alibaba to accelerate its share repurchase program. So Ryan Cohen is the guy who really, some say, made GameStop the meme action take off. Uh, He ignited that explosive rally in GameStop. Now, when it comes to Alibaba, this is very interesting, the interface between a Canadian activist investor and Alibaba. Can you help us understand what exactly he wants Alibaba to do? And with the share buybacks, is this just about boosting his profits i think that is he's just being ambitious i think this is not the same as a GameStop or a bed bath and beyond because you know your traditional squeeze that you can do on on these stocks uh, on penny stocks or on stocks which have been the mean stocks alibaba is not in the same category by any stretch so i really don't know how he's planning to apply pressure even at the at the level of the boardroom, you're dealing in a way against the Chinese government. So mm. I, I really cannot emphasize how he's going to put any kind of pressure when Jack Ma is already under tremendous pressure from the regulators uh, from China. So and if I see the stock market reaction, I think that itself is a reflection that this is just a. I mean, I have another theory. I have a feeling he's just allocated some money to the stock and it is being confused with this meme stock strategy. (laughs) He's just buying it (laughs) as a a trade, right? It's a good stock to buy. It has done well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure where he thinks this pressure is going because we know the Chinese government says that it is set to take these golden shares 
in mm. Alibaba uh, and Tencent Holdings, for example, because Beijing wants control over these key players. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not going to be... Uh, I don't think that is a strategy. And the fact that investors have not flocked to the stock like the way they have done with his past trades is a reflection mm. that even the investors understand that he cannot expect the same outcome with this which he had got in GameStop or any of the other uh, meme stocks. All right. Well, speaking about Beijing and those golden shares, we've been talking a lot about how Beijing is preparing to loosen its grip on its tech firms, you know, in order to move past that that bruising crackdown. So when it comes to China's reopening, I guess the question is, is this figuring large in your playbook as an investor, Swapnil? Absolutely. So China is, I mean, it's something which we have... Um, you know, we have spoken about it quite regularly and I have always maintained that it is, it's an important allocation. It is it's something which has to be there in the portfolio. And now the good thing is we are seeing, we're kind of moving from that phase where uh, the companies were under tremendous pressure, both from the COVID lockdown, uh, local demand uh, and the, the regulatory you know, squeeze that they had, especially on the tech sector. So I would say the last six months are clearly indicators of that. And now we are seeing even the you know the the investment uh, strategy groups. Uh, the, uh, the Bloomberg headline is Morgan Stanley joins Goldman Sachs in the bullish call on Chinese assets. So you're seeing that you know wave also coming through. So all in all, I would say it continues to be an important asset. I mean allocation in a portfolio, and uh, more so now because uh, there is there is the research and uh, you know, banks backing that view as well, which they could not till now because the uh, macroeconomic factors were not in favor. But with the opening and the regulatory, the timing of the regulatory easing is actually pretty good because uh, it means this year, uh, in fact, in I think Morgan Stanley, one of them is expecting it to be one of the top performers this year. So they've raised their target for this year. I don't know if it's Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. To Morgan 30- Stanley. Morgan said, mm. yeah, so 30%. Mm. So it's, um, I think, I think it's, a, it's a very, very, um, it, it's a place where allocation is, uh, is very important. In terms of world markets as well, I mean, do you think that, you know, other economies are set to benefit from China's reopening? I think inflation I mean, itself will get, uh, uh, you know, some help there because the, with the opening, the supply chain related issues which contributed to inflation, yeah. The easier. So I think that mm. itself will help with some of the inflation pressure, um, you know, with the opening, apart from, of course, the, the demand and the consumer spending that will happen from the opening. All right. Well, thank you very much for your insights. As always, Swapnil, founder of WealthZen and adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Wait, do you yeah. have a song uh, that reflects yeah. the markets? <laughs> And did yeah, Chat GPT help you with this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I must say the weather is nice and the outlook is positive. Um, so the song that I thought of was "I Can See Clearly Now" uh, <laughs> by you know I think Jimmy Cliff or even Johnny Cash, right? So I think that's a song. <laughs> and you know there are rare moments where we can play these kind of songs because normally the markets are down and volatility is high and. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We should grab these clear moments and revel in them while we can. Oh, that's a great song, by the way. Thank you very much, Swapnil. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you for your company. Before acting on the information on Money FM. 
Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.